Um, very quickly, while you were standing, I'd like to read our text today, our scripture, which is also our theme scripture for the year 2023. Our theme scripture, which was read for us just earlier today, our theme scripture is Joshua 1, verses 6 through 9. In the NIV version, our theme scripture for 2023 reads, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. How many people in here want to be successful? But there goes a part of the secret right there. Here goes the rest of the secret. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. Think about it. Reflect on it. Repeat it. Sing it to yourself if you have to. Meditate on it day and night. That you be careful to do everything written in it. And here it is again. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I ask you again, how many people in here want to be prosperous and successful? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and doing of his word. Let's give the Lord another praise as we are seated on the day. Now, our title and our theme for this year is Be Strong and Courageous. Back when I was living down south, they used to say, don't be scared. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. Hmm. It means the same thing. Be strong and courageous. But with that in mind, I'd like to talk about one of the biggest obstacles in our lives individually and as the body of Christ. It is something that all of us, each and every one of us, 
have felt to varying degrees in our lives. I want to talk today about fear. Now the words of our text come and our theme were spoken to Joshua by God as he assumed leadership of the children of Israel when they were about to move into the land of Canaan. They have just spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness and they are about to cross over into the land that they were promised. The generation before them did not move into the land because they were afraid of the inhabitants that live there. Instead of moving into the promise that God had for them, their fear caused them to wander aimlessly in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. And everyone over the age of 21 at that time died in the wilderness. So naturally, there would be a sense of quiet nervousness and anxiety in the minds of this new generation. You see, the same giants that their parents, that their daddies were afraid of, still lived in the land. They were still there. But nowhere did these thoughts of apprehension probably exist more than in the mind of Joshua, the son of Nun. I mean, we have an indication as to Joshua's mindset 40 years earlier. Back then, Joshua felt that the children of Israel were well able to take the land. But that was when he and the children of Israel were under the leadership of Moses. One can never underestimate or take for granted the feelings of secu security and consistency that comes with following a leader that has been in place for decades. See, circumstances may change and get strange, but the voice of that leader that has been there is still there to give some reassurance. As long as you can hear the voice of the, your leader, of the leader that has been there, you have a feeling that everything is going to be all right, don't you? But now, the children of Israel are being led by a new leader. And Joshua can no longer sit comfortably in the, the shadow of leadership and second guess every decision made by Moses. He can no longer say how this decision or that decision should have been made. I don't know why he did that. Why did he do that? I mean, you know, he should have did this, but... He can no longer say how things should have been done. Let me tell you something from personal experience that I've just recently learned. It's real easy to have an opinion about how things should be done when you're not the leader. 
It's real easy to be able to sit back safely next to the leader and say, well, you know what? I think this should happen. And you know what? I would do things this way. It's real easy to do that when you are not carrying the burden. Hmm. But now, things are different. Now, all eyes are on him. Over the past 40 years, especially at the time when Moses departed, that sense of confidence that Joshua had 40 years earlier may have changed into something else. He was now carrying the burden of leadership. Now, it's only natural that there would be a strong element of apprehension in Joshua's thoughts when he took on this responsibility. I mean, can you imagine having to lead after Moses? Taking the place of a man who spoke to God through a burning bush and who called down nine plagues and forced the hand and subjected an entire nation? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine being the successor of a man that stretched out his rod and divided the Red Sea? A man that went to the mountaintop and actually spoke with and at times argued with God. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine following a man that brought water out of a rock when people were dying of thirst? Can you imagine having to follow that guy? as leader? Can you imagine what Joshua may have been thinking during this time? Will, will people accept me? What will people say? I, I don't know what's going to happen. What if I'm not good enough? There's so many battles to be fought. I mean, everything that we ourselves would think in a time of transition and crisis, every one of those thoughts would have been inside of Joshua's mind during that time. How could Joshua go forward and fulfill this awesome task? There's no way you can tell me that Brother Joshua was not dealing with a healthy amount of fear. He was now being seen as responsible for the lives and survival of an entire nation. All of those people, the children, a wrong decision by him can cost them their lives. He may have been, he may have been able to put up a good front in front of the, in the eyes of the people, but God knew what he was really dealing with under the surface. It's why God had to tell him in verse 6 and then tell him again in verse 7 and then remind him that he told him in verse 9 to be strong and courageous. God would not have had to tell Joshua to be strong and courageous so many times in one conversation if he was not dealing with a solid amount of fear. 
Now, the definition of fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, or etc. Whether the threat is real or imagined, it is the feeling or condition of being afraid. Fear. All of us in one way or another are affected by some type of fear. Fear of heights, fear of spiders, fear of public speaking. Some of us are afraid of the dark. Everybody is afraid of or has a fear of something. We may be afraid to say something to someone that we're supposed to say it to. Or afraid to do something we know we should be doing for one reason or another. Fear. You may be really good at hiding it in your everyday life, but we all know that everyone in here has a fear of something, no matter how macho you act. It is said that only the fool feels no fear. But I'm not talking about the fear that keeps you alive and from making crazy decisions like, tying a stake around your neck and jumping into a tiger cage. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about the kind of fear that keeps you from soaring as high as you can soar in life. I'm talking about the kind of fear that keeps you from dreaming and aspiring. I'm talking about the kind of fear that paralyzes you, that keeps you from moving out in faith, the kind of fear that limits and diminishes you, the kind of fear that keeps you from really living, that kind of fear. It was Benny Urquidez that said, fear is the foundation of all human limitations. Robin Sharma said, the fears we don't face become our limits. Of all the liars in the world, and there are a lot of liars in the world, but of all the liars in the world, sometimes the worst are our own fears. That was Rudyard Kipling that said that. Now, research by psychologists suggests that we generally prefer to anticipate consequences, which makes sense that it allows us to both mentally and physically prepare for the outcome of whatever endeavor we are about to go into so we are not caught off guard. But since most of us have a tendency to catastrophize, we can only see a dark or negative consequence to the unknown that we're faced with. Our fear of that imagined narrative keeps us paralyzed and unable to move forward in life. Or it keeps you so anxious about what could happen that it makes you hard to be around because you're always worrying and you stress everyone else around you out. Always worried about something that's going to happen that may happen. 
Either way, it keeps us from being able to be what God has called us to be. Praise the Lord. It keeps you from freeing the gift. It keeps you from freeing the purpose that God has put inside of each and every one of us. Well, I believe that 2023 is the year that God wants us to push past our fear. He wants us to have victory over fear in all of its forms. Victory over the fear of inadequacy. Over the fear of uncertainty. Victory over the fear of failure and rejection. He wants us to move past the fear of change. Past our fear of not being in control. That's a, a huge one right there. You might not even know that you might not be afraid of not being in control. So we do a lot of things to feel in control, like pushing the elevator button 50 times. You know, this ain't going to make the elevator go faster. What's taking the elevator sound? What's, what's going on? Make it What's going on here? He wants us to push past the fear of the unknown. There is so much that God wants us to do as individuals in the body of Christ if we can just move past our fear. Now, there are more than a couple instances in the word where fear almost or actually did keep someone or an entire group of people from their blessings. Brother Moses almost let fear keep him from fulfilling God's call on his life. You see, Moses was on the run from the land of Egypt for her murder that he had committed. He had been hiding out from Egypt for 40 years. One day, while he was hiding out, farming, and had built a whole new life for himself, God calls him to go back to the land of Egypt to confront the very group of people that he was trying to stay away from. And instead of coming out and saying, well, Lord, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I don't want to do that. Moses did what all of us would do, and he started thinking up a bunch of excuses as to why he could not do what God was calling him to do. He said that he was not the right man for the job. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He asked, who do I tell them that sent me? He asked. He even went as far as to say he could not do what God was telling him to do because he st 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 stuttered. Lord, I can't do that, you know, because I st stutter. He was talking real fine right before that. The Bible actually says that God got angry with Moses and had to tell him, I made your mouth. I will tell you what to say. But since you're so scared, 
you can take Aaron, your brother, with you. There he is. He's coming right there. So go in there with you then, y'all. But go tell Moses. Go tell Pharaoh what I told you to go tell Pharaoh. He almost let his fear keep him from his destiny. We're already familiar with that first generation of those children of Israel that left Egypt. Another example. Their fear kept them from realizing the promise that was made to their fathers. Now, what made them the most tragic example is that they had seen with their own eyes what God did to the nation of Egypt, which was more powerful than the people of Canaan. Egypt was more powerful than Canaan. God showed them with his own eyes and they bore witness to what God could do to a powerful nation. They saw daily examples of God's greatness, yet they still could not wrap their minds and hearts around the assured victory that God had promised them. He promised them that they were going to win. They saw him do what he could do. But when they got the report from those that spied out the land and its inhabitants, the word says they lifted up their voices and cried. When they heard how tough the enemy were, when they heard that there were giants, and when the spies gave off a very erroneous and wrong report, well, you know, we felt as grasshoppers in our eyes, and we look like grasshoppers, and we can't do it. When they heard that, they lifted up their voices and cried. And they said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness on our way to this place. After more whining and crying, they actually said, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. They would have rather gone back into slavery than fight for their inheritance. It sounds insane. Why? Because of their fear. Fear makes you sound crazy. Mm. In Matthew 25 and 24, we have the parable of the talents. A rich man leaves his estate to go on a business trip and leaves three of his servants in charge of portions of his goods. Two of the servants invested their portions wisely and doubled what was entrusted to them. While one, instead of investing the portion entrusted to him, buried what he was given in the ground in order to keep it safe. Now when the boss and the Lord returned from his trip, the servant weakly said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. Most folks don't know what that means. That means that 
his Lord would went and take harvest from fields that he didn't plant. That's how gangster he was. You might be working on a field and all of a sudden here comes this other big dude just comes in and be like, I'll take that. Thank you. He says, I knew that you were a hard man gathering where you have not gathered seed. And here comes the clincher. He says, and I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. And, and look, here, here you have what's yours. He probably thought in his fear that he did a good thing. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. His fear also made him wicked and lazy. You knew that I reaped where I had not sown and gathered where I had not gathered and, and scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And when I came back, I would have at least received some interest off of this investment. So take the talent from this guy and give it to the other guy that has 10 talents. Verse 30 has him being cast out into our outer darkness where there was weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth, which in this case can only mean unemployment, poverty, homelessness, and hunger. How many of you know there's a whole lot of weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth that goes along with poverty, homelessness, and hunger? He was paralyzed by his fear. He could have been great. He could have been promoted. He could have been in a position to provide for his children and his children's children and their children, but he was paralyzed by fear. Fear got in the way of his blessing. And what we see in these cases to a great degree is the fear of failure. Like these folks in the Bible, we too can find ourselves fearing what will happen if we do not succeed in our attempts to do something great. Some of us even set expectations so low that they don't have to be afraid of not meeting them. Or they don't have to be afraid of failure, so they only set the bar so high. But it was once said that each of us must confront our own fears. We must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go with the rest of our lives. To either experience the extraordinary or be limited by the fear of the extraordinary. Now there have been people that have told me that I need to speak and articulate my vision for what's answered. You need to tell them your vision now that you're the pastor as if they need to grade the vision to see if it lines up with what they think it needs to be. Again, like Bishop was not listening to the voice of the Lord when he chose his successor. 
Well, I'll tell you, a big part or the core part of the vision for this church, did you hear me? A huge part of the core vision for this church as we move into the future is that West Angeles would be a place where God would unlock that potential, that purpose that he has put inside of each and every one of us out there and reveal to each one of us what his will is for our lives. West Angeles is going to be the place where that happens. You see, within his purpose is the reason for our existence. There's so much pain and despair in the world that is connected to you and us not knowing our purpose. There's so much sadness and pain and anger and hatred and violence out there because we don't know our purpose instead of a pursuit of happiness we need to be pursuing meaning in our lives instead of the pursuit of possessions we need to be pursuing relevance amen God has placed dreams aspirations and anointing inside of each one of us that can make the world a better place. Mm, that anointing is connected to who we are in him and what he's calling us to do. But in order to do that, in order to live out the greatness, the potential, the purpose that God has placed inside of your life, you're going to have to face your fear. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to face your fear. Let's continue regarding the vision. Romans 8 and 19 reads, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. This means that all creation, all of nature is waiting in anxious expectation to see what God has put inside of you and you and you. They're waiting to see what God has put inside of you. All of creation is waiting and praying to see you stand up and be strong and courageous. The world needs the people of God to stand up and be the people of God. It needs for us to be salt. It needs for us to be light. Again, we are God's hands and we are God's hearts. Our lives are the only Bible that some people are ever going to read. They might not ever walk down these aisles and come to our service. They might not ever dress like you. They might not ever shout like you. They might not ever talk like you, but your lives are the only Bible that some of these folks are ever going to read. God has put something inside of each of us that will help us be and do what he has called us to be and do, to be salt, to be light. But again, one of the biggest obstacles for you walking to you walking in that purpose is fear. Trust me, 
I understand. I do. Like the call placed on Joshua's life, it can be a very terrifying thing to think about. I know. God had given Joshua and the children of Israel a monumental task to be conquerors, to subject the land, to slay giants. It seemed like an impossible task. So many battles laid ahead of them. But God also made them a promise, didn't he? He made them a few promises, didn't he? He promised them that no one would be able to stand against them. He promised them that every place the sole of their feet touched would be theirs. He said, if you walk on it, it's going to be yours. He promised them that as he was with Moses, who called down the nine plagues, and stretched out the rod and split the Red Sea and touched the rod against the rock and water came out. He said, as he was with Moses, he would be with him. To Joshua, he said, you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore. God ain't got to swear. But God swore to give this land to their ancestors. He promised that they would be prosperous and successful. God promised them that. That the Lord, their God, would be with them wherever they went. Let's give the Lord a praise on today. That's the promises of the Lord. That's the yes and amen. You see, that same promise applies to us as well. Like Joshua and the children of Israel, we can do miraculous exploits for the kingdom of the Lord beyond our fears and limitations when we follow the formula that brother Joshua followed. Be strong and courageous. Meditate on the word and put our lives in Jesus' hands. Hallelujah. This, beloved, is an invitation for us to take the limits off of our thoughts. It's an invitation to take the limits off of our lives. Our great struggle now is to not let fear stop us from being who God has created us to be. Oh, I don't want to look up one day and see that I could have done so much more in life, but I didn't do it because I was afraid, afraid of failing, afraid of what people would say if I didn't do it right, if things didn't go right, so I sit there paralyzed. I don't want to be guilty of not moving forward in what God gave me to do because of fear. Some on their deathbed are going to be greeted with the ghost of what could have been. All of those what-ifs standing around that tormented soul and asking why did they spend their life living beneath their purpose? Why did you let fear 
hold you down. I don't want to meet the Lord on my day and he say to me sadly that he had so much more for me to accomplish in life. That he had purpose for me that I did not fulfill because I was afraid that I, that I didn't have the faith to believe in him and what he put inside of me. I don't want him to say that. We must push past our fear. Amen. We must push past our F-E-A-R, which stands for and spells out false evidence appearing real. It is not real. God wants you to dream a dream that is too big for you to imagine. He wants you to dream a dream that scares you. Your creator wants you to dream a dream that's too big for you to accomplish on your own because he wants you to understand that it will not come to pass unless you trust him completely. Amen. My father loves to tell the story about Gideon. Gideon, how many soldiers do you have? Oh, well, I got a bunch of about 80,000. You know, I think we'll do good. Oh, that's too many. Cut them down. Now, how many soldiers do you have? Oh, well, you know, now I got about 10,000. You know, with some good planning, we may be able to do it right. You know, so I think we'll make it up. Oh, that's too many. All right, Gideon, how many soldiers do you have? I only got 300. And there's no way that we are going to defeat those Midianites without help from you. He's like, that's exactly what I was waiting for. Now let's go on and take the ground. Let's go on and do the miraculous. They that go down to the sea in ships, they see the greatness of the Lord in the deep. You're not going to see the greatness of the Lord safe on the shore. If you want to see the greatness of the Lord, you got to launch out to the deep. You have to remember that the sea and the storms are his to command. He created the waves and he created the wind. Lightning and thunder report to him and say, here I am, Lord. Where do you want me to go? Somebody give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. Mm. Ultimately, beloved, Joshua and the children of Israel accomplished pretty much everything that the Lord called them to do. They realized and accepted and took the promise that God made to them. No one could stand before them. And they did it, and Joshua did it by following the formula laid out for him by God in the first chapter, by following the word of God by meditating on it day and night, by not turning away from it, and by being strong and courageous. God is going to do some miraculous things in the life of West Angeles as we move into 2023. He did not bring us all the way from Six and Adams to Crenshaw and Jefferson to Exposition just to leave us here on exposition. The power of the Lord is still in this house. 
The glory of the Lord is still right here. But he's got more work for us to do, beloved. He's got more ground for us to take, more trails for us to blaze. We just have to be strong and courageous. We just have to keep his word in our hearts. We just have to meditate on it day and night. Just be strong and courageous. And every place our feet will tread upon, he has given it to us. Just be strong and courageous. Somebody give the Lord another praise on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're almost done. We're almost done. He said that he'd never leave us. He said that he would be with us until the end of the age. He promised. He said that he would be our sword and our shield. That he would be our rock and he would be our fortress. If God be for us, who can be against us? You are guaranteed victory in Jesus' name. In Isaiah 45 and 2, he says, I will go before you and will level mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. That is the kind of God that we serve. God has put something in all of us. All of us have a dream. But someone here may be waiting for some word of prophecy some word from the Lord that will tell you something about your future well here it is I'm going to speak a word over your life here it comes thus saith the Lord be strong and courageous keep the word always on your lips meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything in it then you will be prosperous and successful have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go thus saith the Lord hallelujah God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind. He did not bring us this far to, to the year 2023 to leave us. What is it that you know God has put inside of you? What is it that you know that God puts inside of you? What is it that you know that you would love to do? That dream that you can't put out of your mind, but you're afraid to try to make it happen. What is it that you just can't, you tried to leave it there, you, you don't want to think about it anymore, but it keeps coming up. What is that? What is that dream? What is the one thing that you would do if you knew that you could not fail? Think about it. Get it in your mind. Hold it there. Articulate it. Now in the power of God, get up and do it. Be strong and courageous. It is waiting for you just on the other side of your fear. 
God has said nothing will be able to stand before you. Don't let your fear hold you back. Everyone's standing. Everyone's standing. I'm done. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. If you're ready to go into the year 2023 with power, give the Lord praise. Oh, don't play with it. Give the Lord praise. Let him hear a shout of victory. Let the giants hear you shout in victory. Hallelujah. you know at the beginning of the year 2023 and I declare over your life that God's hand is on you. He has a plan for your life. All we have to do is put ourselves in line with that plan. There may be someone here, someone online that realizes and will admit that now is the time to bring your life in line with the plan that has that God has for you. Now is the time for you to move past your fear. Now is the time for you to stand up and be courageous and realize and move in the plan and in the greatness that God has for your life. It's time for you to write that book time for you to start that business time for you to start that shelter time for you to leave that job and move in the calling that God has for your life time for you to stop being less time for you to stop living beneath the calling that God has had time for you to stop living beneath the greatness that God has put inside of you we may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. 
And if you want to put your hands in the hands who holds the future, just raise your hand for a second. If you are ready, saved or unsaved, if you are ready, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. That you would have a future and a hope. First John 4 and 18 reads, For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Beloved, we are made perfect not because of any perfection that we can seek to attain, but we can be made perfect in his love. Our Heavenly Father wishes you to have a full life, a life full of purpose, a life full of potential that he longs to pull out of you. It is trying to claw its way out. All you have to do is walk in that. And if you're not saved, all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ into your life as your personal Savior, and you can begin to walk in that purpose. You can begin to walk in that greatness. And again, it can be terrifying. It can be dangerous. It can be scary. But our God promised that he would be with you, that every step and every place that your foot, the sole of your foot, tread upon, every place that you walked would be yours, that nothing would be able to stand before you. You can begin to walk in your purpose. You don't have to be afraid anymore. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been, our God loves you. He wants to walk with you. And if you're ready to walk into your future in victory, just come down here to the altar. You might already be saved, but you might have been being held back by fear. Just walk down here to the altar. We love you. We want to stand with you. Hallelujah. When we call on that great Or oh, if you have that idea inside of your heart, that your mind, that idea that you're afraid to move out on, that business that you've been wondering, and the doors have been shut, but doors are shut so the Lord can open them. Come on forward. We want to pray with you. There may be someone here that tried to start that project that may have failed over and over again. And sometimes when you try to do something and it just doesn't work out, the devil lies to you and says, well, maybe that's just not a door that the Lord wanted you to walk through. But I bind that in the name of Jesus. Do you know that Thomas Edison tried more than a thousand times to work out the filament for the light bulb? 
And he found out that he found out more than a thousand ways of knowing how not to do it. But eventually, because he did and kept going and walked in the greatness that God put inside of him, we now have light. Amen. Babe Ruth had more than 700 home runs, but he had more than 1,500 strikeouts. And as long as you keep swinging, and as long as you keep trying, and as long as you keep believing, and as long as you keep meditating on the word, and as long as you keep moving forward, the Lord said that I would not leave you. Be strong and courageous. Hallelujah. Oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name. Hallelujah. Jesus, precious ready to walk with him just pray this prayer with me dear heavenly father, dear heavenly father we want to thank you that you have a plan for our lives we want to ask you that you forgive us for the wrong that we've been for the wrong that we have done we declare that Jesus Christ is the son of God we declare that we believe that he came to die for our sins we believe that he arose from the dead. We believe that he arose from the dead. I now ask him into my life and heart right now. I ask him into my heart and my life right now. I will walk in his purpose. I will walk in his purpose. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And praise him for victory in this life. For victory in this life. And in the next. And in the next. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Lord God, there are those that have already accepted your son in their life. But Father God, they have been beset and assaulted by fear and discouragement. So much so that they even began to wonder if you put and even put anything in their life or if they even heard your voice. But Father God, we pray that in the year 2023 that they will push past that fear, that they will push past that discouragement, that they will push past that depression, that they will be strong and courageous, that they will realize the greatness and the power that you have put inside of their life, and they will step out on faith. They will step out on your word, and you will honor your promise. Lord God, you promised that you would be with us and that we're going to hold on to your word. We're not going to turn from it to, to the right or to the left. We are going to meditate on it day and night. We are going to be strong and courageous and we will not give up because you said that you would be with us, that you would never leave us. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we praise you in advance for the victory. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise for the victory on today.
Amen. 